At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Listening to Fox Sports Radio. That's right. That's right. Everything you need tonight from Vegas coming to you straight out of Vegas. I'm RJ Bell, and it is a handicapper's delight tonight. Meaning, we've got the college basketball specialist, Brad Powers. We've got the maybe the most famous professional better in the world, Steve Fezzik. And we're going to be breaking down Saturday's action. We're going to be looking ahead. The Sunday's action. And like always, we start with the Vegas lead. Showtime! Woo! Now, we're going to get to Sister Jean. Loyola, what a story. Really, we're going to tease you now. History was bucked by this Loyola team. Amazing run. And we'll be talking about how a double-digit seed making the Final Four. Very, very rare. First, though, Michigan, the other team, but from a Vegas perspective, a heck of a story. Fez, tell us about the end of that game. Yeah, so Michigan is ahead by four points, and they have the ball with 12 seconds remaining. All right, so Michigan ahead by four. Michigan with the ball, 12 seconds left. 12 seconds left. Now, the spread, four four, four or four and and a half. half. So about, and we're going to get some better numbers. I've got a few texts out to... 
some sportsbook guys about what the split was. But let's say a good portion of the action, Michigan minus four, good portion of the action, Michigan minus four and a half. And as we enter the scene of this movie, Michigan up by four with the ball, 11 seconds left. Yeah, so Florida State's just missed a shot 99 out of 100 times in this situation. The team fouls, and the players come after the Michigan player. They look like they're trying to foul, but the coach gives no order to foul. And the clock's ticking. It's like eight seconds, seven seconds. I'm like, this happens sometimes. They're trying to get the steal. There's going to be a foul. No, there's not going to be a foul, RJ. You blink, and it's over. The clock runs out without a foul. Anyone who laid four and a half at the closing number did not get there with Michigan. So obviously if they foul, if he even makes one out of two, and with a decent free throw shooter that's going to happen at least one, a vast majority of the time, then five means those Michigan favorite batters covered. Now, your story, the way you described that, confused me a little bit. So you're saying it looks like they're trying to foul, but there's not an order to foul. That's contradictory. So did it look like that Florida State was trying to foul and the refs just wouldn't call it? Or did it look like Florida State was playing aggressively trying to steal the ball? Okay if they foul, but not trying to intentionally foul. It looked like they were playing aggressively, waiting to hear for their coach to yell to foul. But but that's confusing. Why, if there's 11 seconds left... If you let even four or five seconds go, I get if they're, let's say the shot clock, uh, let's say there's 22 seconds left. What we see, so the shot clock's out of the picture. What we see a lot of the time is a team will try to play defense, Yep. but then at a certain point, 10 seconds, 12 seconds, they will say if they can't steal, they're going to then intentionally foul. But if there's 11 seconds left and you're down four. Got a hack. Well, no, I'm not saying that. Uh, Maybe you're right, but what doesn't make any sense is that you're going to try for the steal and then intentionally foul. You're either, you know, if you don't get it, you either got to foul right off the go. And let's think about the math on it. Down four, foul. Guy goes up, misses both, let's say. Let's be very optimistic. It happens. You go down, hit a three. Now, going to take five, six seconds. Let's say you foul within a second takes five or six seconds to hit the three. So now you're, let's call it six seconds. So you got five seconds left. Boom, you foul again. There's four seconds left. Even if they make one, you're down three, four seconds left, got a decent chance. So the theory is if they hit two out of four, you're done, right? Because that puts you up. uh, Well, I guess two out of four, you still can even hit two threes and push. So it feels like this is a situation you're right in that, to, to give up at this point, you never see. And here's where Leonard Hamilton was really wrong. Michigan's one of the worst free-throw shooting teams in the country, RJ. Number 321 out of 351 teams. And Michigan, in this game tonight, the reason Michigan really didn't cover, Michigan struggled from the free-throw line, only hit about 66% of their free-throws. Okay, so can we make the case that a viable approach, other than foul quickly... Hope they miss at least one of the two, hit a three, foul quickly, hope they miss at least one out of the two, hit a three, you're tied. Or if they make less than two out of four, you win if you hit two threes. Okay, that's an approach. Obviously a long shot. right, Fez, you're good at these numbers right off the top of your head. What would be the odds of doing that? Like, What number would you have to take 
if I said, let's bet either Florida State wins or it makes it overtime. So you win either way. If Florida State wins in regulation or it goes to overtime, what would I have to have given you on Florida State? 50 to 1? 50 to 1, minimum. 50 to 1. Okay. So it happens very rarely. Everyone from Louisville disagrees with me because, remember, Louisville lost up four with one second left against Virginia. Same situation earlier in the year. How could that happen? Uh, go back to the box scores. It's really entertaining. <laughs> but uh, can you tell Here's us quick? I mean, quickly, 20 seconds. Yeah. Uh, Virginia hit a shot with one second left to get down by two. Oh, so what he said was completely wrong then. Yeah. Okay. No, no. They were down four. They hit a three to go down one, right? Okay. Why don't we well, do this? Is um, th- this stop, stop, yeah. stop? Why don't we take a gander during the break and you guys can? Seems like maybe a pertinent topic we would have brought up today, but okay, it happens rarely though. We agree with that. Very rarely. Okay. Is it a valid approach to say, hey, we're going to go for the steal? And if we can get the steal in the first two or three seconds, it changes the whole game because boom, steal. Hit a three, down one, foul immediately. You're in a pretty good spot at that point, right? So do we really feel like your odds are significantly less? Or they travel or something happens, but there's really no going back here. Meaning is if you do give up four or five seconds, with five seconds left, there's no math where fouling makes sense. So maybe it makes sense once you've gone four. It's like the old Apocalypse Now quote. One of the great movies, Apocalypse Now, Francis Ford Coppola said, don't get off the boat unless you're going all the way. All right. So if you're going for the steal and you let five seconds go and then decide to foul, well, you're done. Right. So, but with five or six seconds left, if you do get a steal, hit a quick three, maybe there's only two seconds left, but there's still a chance. So it's almost like if you're not going to foul immediately, you shouldn't foul at all. But what happened in the game is when there, it clicked down to six to seven seconds, all of a sudden Florida State stopped trying to do anything. By my eyes, they basically gave up like their coach was yelling, don't foul, don't press, don't do anything. That was my now, take. Was it, no, first off, you just said like the coach was yelling. Was he yelling that? I, I do not know. <laughs> the, 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 the body language of the players, RJ, was, was it? Hey, we, lost, we just lost the game and we could have made the Final Four. Yes, like they had given up with seven seconds left and they just basically stopped trying at that point without trying for the steal or the foul. Was that your take, Brad? I, I think after the, the first five seconds that a foul wasn't committed, I mean, it was basically, that was the take, that it was over. And I thought it was more disappointment that, yeah. hey, we just lost the game or lost our chance to the Final Four. Not disappointment. Hey, our coach didn't want us to go foul right here. We've got some sound from Coach Hamilton asked about this on the TBS telecast after the game. Coach, take me through the final seconds of this game. Why didn't you guys foul? Uh, what are you talking about? Down the stretch there, the end of the game, the final seconds, 11 seconds left on the do, clock. Do you think that the game came down to the final seconds of the game? I'm asking you, though, why that decision in the final seconds of the game? The game was over. You didn't think your guys could get back in it, put them on the line you if they but, miss those shots? I mean, but 15 seconds, uh, what, what, what were we down? Put them on the line, they miss a few shots. Coach, a four-point ball game, it's a question that, that the guys were asking at the end of our game. That's all I'm asking. It didn't come down to that in your mind. Wow, he seems genuine, right? So, it, Brad, you know these coaches pretty well. It, he doesn't sound very analytical. He doesn't sound like he, he's an emotional coach. Is that a fair thing to say? 
Uh, yeah, he's more of an emotional coach, I would say, Leonard Hamilton, than analytical. He's not known as a great X's and O's co- type of coach. Okay, so, I mean, does anyone, I mean, do we legitimately, does anyone think there's some conspiracy here? No, I don't think there's any conspiracy. I think the, look, in a regular season game, no one has said anything. The fact that a Final Four bid was well, on the line. Well, first off, that, on Twitter, some people would have said yeah, something. I, yeah, somebody with a bet out there would have said something. But I reg, regular season game, that would have been a non-factor. Agree, Fez? Agree, and I, I don't think that Leonard Hamilton even knew what the spread was. Coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Okay, let's move away from the conspiracy talk, though from a Vegas perspective, needed to be covered. It's what people are talking about. It is the Vegas lead. What did we see from Michigan? Now, listen. This Michigan run, in a way, feels preordained. It feels like, of course, but Michigan is seeded number three, so not supposed to make the Final Four. You and Fez, Brad Powers and Fez, you both have future tickets in your pocket. You'll be tweeting those out, I'm sure. 40 to 1? Gave it out. It's straight out of Vegas three weeks ago. Gave it out right here three weeks ago. Said, bet Michigan 40 to 1. So... The many who followed, smiling, no doubt about it. What did we see from Michigan today? Yeah, another, to me, poor performance from shooting for Michigan. That's now three times out of four games in the NCAA tournament. And keep in mind, the offense was rolling down the end of the season, regular season, and also the Big Ten Conference Tournament. I'm a little bit worried that maybe that long layoff, nearly two weeks, has affected Michigan's offense. They've only had one good game in the tournament so, being, so far. So being... Clear the layoff was the Big Ten playing their tournament a week early. Yep, I, I still th- this befuddles me again and again and again. A team makes the final four that's a three seed, and we're talking about how bad they've played or how badly they've played on one side of the ball. Defense is still top five in the country, and so that- this but this team did they have a top five defense the whole year? No, they didn't. Now, this has been by far John Beeline, the head coach for Michigan's best defense. But they playing top five defense in this fourteen game winning streak down the stretch. Okay, so it's a, was there any strategic change to the type of uh, defense Michigan ran? None. They just ramped it up. Absolutely. And during that run, their offense was better than now. Yeah, their offense the last five six games of the regular season had their best five six game stretch of the entire season. Okay, so that team with a top five defense and a much much better offense is the best team in the country. Because it seems like a team with a, this Michigan team with a really good defense and apparently to you a really bad offense just made the Final Four. Yeah, but I would say not the best team in the country, but clearly a top five team. Michigan was under in my opinion. It should have been a two seed. When we come back, we're going to wrap up the Michigan recap and then talk about Sister Jean. Straight out of Vegas! R.J. Bell, straight out of Vegas. We've got Steve Fezzik. We got Brad Powers, two wise guys around the table, and we're finishing up Michigan and recapping. Fez, you got some thoughts on this defense. So, what we've ascertained here this Michigan team, a third seed, we gave out right here in Straight Out of Vegas, a 40 to 1 long shot to win the title just three weeks ago. Brad Powers and Fez combined on that very wise piece of advice. Is Brad, though, pessimistic about the offense, saying 
you know, this has been a bad run. Now, you win four games in the NCAA tournament, you make the Final Four, and if somehow we're talking about half of your team, the offensive side, or half of the game is well below average, man, oh, man, that D must be good for Michigan. Yeah, how good was it last tonight here? 32% Florida State shot against that Michigan D, and you can say, hey, maybe there's some jitters, maybe Florida State didn't bring their A game with their shooting, but when they went to the free throw line and they didn't have a Wolverine hanging all over them, they hit 90% from the free throw line. That is just tremendously good. It was not that Florida State couldn't shoot tonight. It's that that Michigan defense shut them down. Now, I've never heard of that. So what you're saying is we're allowing the free throw shooting to be a gauge of how well they're shooting and then comparing that to their outside shooting tells you how much the defense bothered the team? I think it's a good gauge. because if Now, they is this were... something you've done in the past or you just made it up right now? No, I've done it in the past. What do you think of that, Brad? I've never heard of it before. Makes make sense. Wow, it is interesting because obviously it's not going to be perfect, but the theory is a team has a season free throw percentage. So let's just say a team is 80% from the line. If they shoot 86% from the line tonight, you say they're plus, on a given night, you say they're plus six. And then if they're minus, and let's say they're 44% from the field, and let's say they hit only 40%. So if you're plus six on free throws and minus six uh, or minus four from the field, it means the defense probably was more involved. But if somehow they're minus six on free throws and minus four from the field, you're, you're again, not perfectly, but you're going to say, Hey, might not have been the defense. Their stroke was off. Might just have had a bad night. Correct. I'm going to have to think about that one, Fez. That's mighty good. And it might make some sense, especially when we get to the Final Four. The shooting backdrops are so much different where you can struggle even from the free throw line because the shooting backdrops are much different. All right. Pregame.com. You've got to get to Hooters and try the new smoked wings. It's a whole new way to crave wings. And with all the taste and only half the calories... You can eat twice as many Hooters. I love it. I love it. I would eat, I was thinking about this. I would eat three quarters. No, no, no. I would eat about 25% more. So let's say I typically eat, ah, let's say seven, eight wings if I'm hungry, right? A few pieces of salary just to even it out. I would eat maybe 10 and figure, Wow, I got to eat a little bit extra, and I took in less calories. I would eat 20, yeah. and I'd only get a little bit more fat than normal. <laughs> yeah, I, w- I would have played the over on only seven or so, RJ. I, again, uh, I, I'm not sure it feels like a dig. I'm just going to let it go. <laughs> I'm just going to let it go. Let's go to Loyola. Wowza. Wowza. Let's, let's want to appreciate this run. We've talked about it. Only the fifth team ever, ever. This is from seedings beginning in 1979. Only the fifth double-digit seed to make the Final Four. Let's just go first impressions, but let's get a little bit bigger picture. Starting with Brad, what is it about this team starting with Game 1? Now, one of the things we will talk about is... They haven't really been a big underdog. All right. So let's agree they've been, they haven't been favored though in any game. Yep. So they've either been right around even, real small dog, and then 
a bigger dog in one game. So, but still, winning four games that are coin flips or worse is a heck of an accomplishment. What is it about this team we didn't know 12 days ago? What we did know was Loyola Chicago had a legitimate top 25 defense. And right now it's ranked in the Ken Palm efficiency ratings in the top 20. So a legitimate, really, really good defense. Here's what I didn't know about Loyola Chicago is them having a multitude of scores. They have four legitimate guys, Loyola Chicago, that can beat you off the dribble, shoot you from the outside. And the reality is most teams in the country can't defend four guys that can handle the ball and take you off the, the dribble. And Lyle Chicago is very deep. Nine players average more than 11 minutes per game. And when you have all five starters averaging double figures, one guy can have an off night and if the other guy's picking up the slack. But is this something that was the case during the regular season for them? If not, what's been the improvement? On the offensive side. The improvement for me, their best player, Clayton Custer, has not had a really great NCAA tournament. And if you'd have told me that before, I would have said that they'd have been dead in the so water. This is, so this is the fifth team since 1979, <laughs> double digit, and we're finding out somehow they're not playing well. The, Go the, ahead, Fred. The reason they were an 11 seed, RJ, is because they lost three games in the middle of the season because they had an injury to Custer. When their starting guards play, this team is 23-1. and one. Let me repeat that. 23-1 and one straight up, including a win at Florida. If these guys had played all year long, they would have been a 5 seed, not an 11 seed. Oh, I don't know about 5. No, not coming out of the Missouri Valley. Maybe an 8. I, I could agree with that. Okay. Well, even if even an 8 seed wouldn't be this big of a surprise. Even a 9 seed. Yep. Right? It's the double digit that is so unusual. Now, Fez, on the Dream Preview, so every week, all year, Obviously, during football, it's huge. During the NCAA tournament, it's huge. We do the dream preview, and with the dream preview, we review, or preview, I guess is the best way to say, all the upcoming games. Right before the tournament, we did a three-hour show breaking down every first-round game. You gave us one. This is on tape. You can check the tape. You gave us one Cinderella, as you called it, and it was? Loyola to make the Sweet 16. I was wrong, RJ. So you and Sister Jean had them in about the same spot. And then I didn't have them go into the Final Four. I, I could have been even more optimistic. But, boy, we look at these spreads. We talked about the path wasn't that hard. So, But, again, it's a heck of an accomplishment. But, typically, you make the Final Four, you got to beat more than one team that's better than a six seed. But here... They played six, Miami, and they were exactly even money. So small underdogs because on the money line, it would have been like minus 120 for Miami. Loyola about even money. Tennessee, they were significant dogs. Two to one dogs in that game. That's a nice win against the three seed. Against Nevada, again, small dog for Loyola. Number seven, Nevada, against them, they were about a plus 105. So small dog again. Kansas State, they were plus 110. So they were just less than 50% in three of the games. Big underdogs against Tennessee. Now, this is what's fascinating. If you had bet this team to make the Final Four, and you can make those bets to win you know, a certain region, you would have gotten about 70 to 1 okay, on Loyola to make the Final Four. But... If you had done a mechanical parlay, which, Faz, you preach and preach, and and let's be candid, probably preach too much. You keep preaching. 
is, and what is a mechanical parlay? It's replicating what a future bet would be. So instead of betting a team, let's say, to make the Final Four, which you can in a future bet, you can bet them to win the first game, 100 bucks on the money line, let's say. Keep it round number. You take that 100 plus the winnings, bet it on the second game, third game, fourth game. You've just mechanically replicated a total or a futures bet. Usually, I'd say over 8 out of 10 times, you're going to get a better payoff on a mechanical parlay than a future bet. In this case, though, future bet to win the region was 70 to 1. Here, 100 bucks would have won you $2,500. So only 25 to 1 considering the path. And I did have a buddy text me that he bet that 75 to 1 saying it was a bad number. But also, obviously, Loyola got an easier path. They didn't have to play Tennessee, and they didn't have to play Virginia in the last two games. Instead, they get Nevada and Kansas State. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. And, and let's just not talk about a favorable draw for Lyola Chicago. Let's talk about specifically the teams that they faced. And what Lyola Chicago has that the other teams don't is a lot of experience. They're two, they got two guys, best friends, Richardson and Custer, that have been best friends and been playing basketball together since the third grade. Not many teams. Maybe they're the only team in the country that has that. Out of the 20 starters, so you played four games, five starters on a team, 20 starters, Lyle Chicago's only faced a total of three seniors so far. So Lyle Chicago's also been the much more experienced team on almost every single game. Now that is some good data. So what you're saying is we always debate, do you want the uh, blue chip, bay, the diaper dandy type best 10, 15 players in the country that are freshmen? Or do you want those grizzled, 21-year-old grizzled seniors, juniors, just play together a long time? I think history shows us if you can have a top 10, top 15, I don't care how old they are. If they're the top 15 player. I think LeBron, when he was 15, probably would have been good as a freshman in college. I think Duke, Kentucky, we see over the years, it's not really a choice. You want those top 10, top 15 players, even if they're very young. But if you have those second-tier young players, 15 through 30, still great players versus juniors and seniors with a ton of experience, I think history shows us those juniors and seniors can hold their own, if not do better. And what I'm hearing you say, Brad, is they obviously, Loyola hasn't faced any Real, real good teams. We just talked about the run. So they haven't faced a bunch of top 15 in the country players, but they face a lot of second tier young players where their experience can mean even more. Absolutely. And that they had teams, Viola, in their bracket that had those lottery picks Arizona, Kentucky, Virginia's very talented, not as talented as Kentucky and Arizona, but the favorable draw, obviously, to Viola Chicago's favor. In just a few minutes, we're going to be talking about the matchup in the Final Four, and we've got the early line 
on that Michigan-Loyola game. But first, let's go to Ralph Irvin with the latest. Well, thank you very much, gentlemen. And the Final Four is set, as you mentioned. Number three, Michigan, taking out the number nine seed in the West. Florida State, 58-54. Nine straight wins for the Wolverines, who advanced to their first Final Four in five years. In the South, it was the 11 seed, Loyola. 78-62 over number 9 Kansas State for the Ramblers, their first Final Four since 1963. In the NBA, Houston's won their eighth straight, beating New Orleans 114-91. James Harden, 27 points in just three quarters of action. The Lakers, 193 winners at Memphis. Kyle Kuzma had 15 fourth quarter points to help the Lakes show. Charlotte, a 102-98 win over Dallas. Philadelphia won their sixth straight beating Minnesota 120-108. Online car shopping can be confusing, but not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. And gentlemen, Sunday will be the semifinals uh, and final of the Dell Match Play Championship. Justin Thomas, who entered as one of the favorites at plus 1,100, will face Bubba Watson in one semi in the other. Alex Noren will take on Kevin Kisner, who entered at, get this, Plus 10,000 to win this tournament. Wowza. Wow. So forget about Sister Jean, really, is what Ralph's saying. <laughs> Pregame.com, straight out of Vegas. I'm RJ Bell. And we're moving into now an early look at the Final Four matchup, the first one set. And then in well, five minutes or so, we're going to be breaking down the Sunday action. We got two, and we've got the marquee matchup with Duke and Kansas. First, though, let's give ourselves a little breaking news. We've got that early line straight out of Vegas. And in that line, we do have Michigan favored by six over Loyola. First thoughts, Brad Powers. Seems right to me. And prior to that line coming out, my line projection was Michigan minus six. Um, not a strong lean right now. Here's what I do know. I don't want to lay a lot of points with this Michigan team digging up their free throw percentage when Michigan's a bottom 30 team in the country in free throw percentage and right around a six-point favorite there. I can't trust Michigan to cover a spread like a game against Houston, like a game tonight against Florida State. If they got to go to the free throw line, I can't trust them at this point. So right now, early thoughts, maybe lean on Lyle of Chicago. Now, let's explain the logic why free throw shooting matters with a favor. Now, to some degree, should be fairly obvious. If you're favored by six points like Michigan is here against Sister Jean's team, it's a situation where a significant percentage of the time, there's going to be Michigan up by a couple of buckets late. And, you know, we spent some time early in the show talking about, oh, Florida State should have fouled. Well, as Fezzik said, he's absolutely correct. The vast majority of time they would have, and thus... In this case, it was Michigan's ability to make free throws or not would have dictated who covered the game. Now, it's possible Michigan wins by 30 and it's a moot point. It's possible that Loyola wins by a clear margin and the foul shooting at the end doesn't matter. But with a favorite who's in that four to eight range, is that a fair range to say? Foul shooting is extra important and Michigan Let's give the numbers again. Where do they rank in the country? Michigan ranks number 321 in the country. Out of, out of 351. Th- yep. So clearly a bottom 30 team. And you couldn't have said it better, RJ. 
four to eight points is that line range where I'm looking at how good a team is free throw shooting. And it's even more important in the NCAA tournament. Number one reason, lines are tighter than a regular season game. The, the market's just more correct. And number two is we get these end get more end game situations where a team's going to send a team to the free throw line in the final seconds. I tell you, Brad, you hit us before the break with Ralph with great knowledge. You just hit us there. I'm going to give you a little something. <laughs> I mean, it's just the compliments. I think uh, well deserved, well deserved. Great stuff, Brad Powers. Fez, I want to bet Loyola plus six. I've got them power rated higher than anyone, RJ. I think there's solid value, but well, hold on a second. You got Loyola power rated higher than Villanova? No, power than other people have okay. them. Yes, so and when that's you say higher than anyone, anyone else. All right. So you're saying, I, so that's an interesting question. Let's talk about the evolution of Sister Jean's team. At the start of the tournament, where did you have Loyola, and where do you have them now, both in the country? And if you need a minute, Brad, we'll jump to Fez's other points. But let's get that info ready. Where were they entering the tournament and where are they now and how many points have they been upgraded? Lyle Chicago is ranked around number 45 in the country. This is in the Brad Powers, pregame.com, Vegas power ratings. You rate, rate them all, 1 to 351. They were number 45. Okay. Where are they now? Lyle Chicago is right around number 25 now. And how many points have they been upgraded? Only about three and a half points. So the, that's interesting. The difference between 45 and 25, three and a half points. Yeah, this isn't college football. Much tighter uh, spacing there between these teams rated number 25 and number 45. Okay. And Michigan, what have you done with their rating? Michigan has been about the same. Uh, because I So I, they win four games, <laughs> don't get upgraded at all. No, not, not much upgrade. Because, <laughs> I mean, three bad offensive performances. But, <laughs> so, but and keep in mind, RJ, my Michigan power rating was higher than anybody else in how, the market entering the Brad, tournament. How old are you, Brad? Thirty-four. What's the longest girl? What's the longest you ever had a girlfriend? Two years. And when was that? Uh, this isn't a, this yeah, isn't a trick se- question. Seven, eight years ago. I'm thinking. Okay. it's been a while. So since then, what's the longest? Six months. Okay. And all right, so it seems to me I'm starting to see a little bit of hyper discerning. Yeah, it's like like Jerry Seinfeld style, right? No using words I don't understand. Well, <laughs> I it just seems like Brad would be like, yeah, she's b- really smart, and her family got money, and she's beautiful, and she's uh, we'll say uh, comfortable with intimacy. But you know, she wears those open-toed sandals sometimes. I don't like those, so I've got to break up with her. Or Jerry Seinfeld style, she's got big hands. You hit the nail on the head. You have diagnosed (laughs) Because I can't believe that Michigan couldn't get a half-point upgrade for winning four games and making the Final Four. They've been favored in all four games. And... And one lucky shot away from being out of the tournament. Oh, well, but wait, listen, you can always say that about yeah. anything. So how many of the games have has Michigan covered? Two. All right. So two times they've covered, two times they've fallen short. And tonight we're considering falling short. And tonight, no no difference. I'm not going to upgrade or downgrade No, no, Michigan but t- tonight. is tonight you're considering a loss? I'm considering a loss. Last night on okay. this show, I gave Michigan out at minus four and uh, a half. Okay, but the point I'm making is, really, they cleanly won two games. They pretty much lost one and pushed one. Yeah. So it sounds like they've exceeded expectations. Yes. So shouldn't they get a half? Let's give them a half point. So if, All right, we'll Hamilton, give a half point. If, if he fouls and Michigan wins by six, just randomly, do we upgrade them then? No, I, do. I don't. 
Coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part? Figuring out which way is easier. Two major concerns with Loyola, RJ. Number one, celebration. They've got a lot of time off now. They made the Final Four as an 11 seed. You mentioned it. It's historic. How much of a distraction is this going to be? Well, but what you just said feels counterintuitive. If they were playing in 48 hours, if it was a quick turnaround, you'd have to wonder about a hangover celebration, the aftermath. But the fact that they're going to have all this time, it feels like they get a chance to have that emotion and get reset. And if that was going to be a factor for Lila Chicago, wouldn't it have showed up after Lila Chicago hit not one but two buzzer beaters in the first and second rounds, and that showed up in the Sweet 16? Wouldn't you have thought that had been the case, that they were busy celebrating? I was concerned. And they be- and listen, let's be candid. I mean, as much as we're saying these wins are not all that surprising because they were around even, uh, even odds three of the four games— doesn't change. They've had some dominating wins. Tonight was domination. Yep. Nevada was domination, right? Well, it was close at the end. That Nevada game could have gone either way. Yeah, I guess you're right. I that's a good point. I mean, they it just felt like the ebb and flow. Very good point. I think domination is not the way to say. It, so let me retract that. That said, it felt like if they play that game a hundred times. Loyola wins 75 of them? Yes. From watching the games? At least 75. So so it feels like that that this team, as you said, the three-and-a-half point upgrade in just four games is is about a point a game. That's about as high as you get. I have a second concern also, RJ. I want to ask both of you. I might be crazy here. Conspiracy theorists, do the higher-ups want Loyola Chicago in the final championship game, and might there be some shenanigans with the refereeing? So this is something we talk about all the time, and it's it's probably good. In fact, what we're going to do, because we don't want to rush with this, what we'll do is we're going to take a break, but when we come back, we're going to explain to you, and listen, we're about cash here, baby. There's no conspiracy theories, but there are serious betters, and one of them is sitting around this table the serious betters that really believe that sometimes the leagues will put referees in that affect the outcome. We'll explain that in a few minutes. Straight out of Vegas! It's an action pack straight out of Vegas. I'm RJ Bell. We've got two wise guys, Brad Power, Steve Fezzik, and we're explaining to you how the leagues, how the NCAA hypothetically, allegedly, could influence the outcome of these games. Here's how. It's not most likely. It's not some secret meeting in a Watergate-like parking garage going, hey, we don't want so-and-so to win, so make sure they lose. No, no, no. No one's going to risk that, any authority figure. But what they might do is say this, huh, we don't want this certain team to win for whatever financial reason. And it's going to be the money that drives it. And what do they do? They analyze that team. They've got experts. Every league has guys that understand their sport and say that team does really well with, let's say in basketball, with referees with a quick whistle because they're a finesse team. Or that team does really well when a referee doesn't call as many fouls. 
And what they try to do either by finding refs that favor the team they want to win or disfavor the team they don't want to win, they put those refs in. Another way refs can be affected, some are affected by crowds, home crowds. Now, NCAA tournament, this wouldn't be as applicable, but in the NBA, where there's been rumors, oh, they might want it, the series to go seven games. They don't want this team to lose at home in game five to end the series. What do you do? You put in one of those referees that let the crowd affect them. And is that is this illicit? Yeah, we can debate it. It doesn't really matter. We're, we're not having an ethics class here. What we know, though, is when there's clear times that leagues and organizations would benefit greatly financially from a certain team winning, the serious Vegas guys will tend to question that possibility. They don't know for sure it's going to happen, but they consider that possibility in their handicap. So, Fez, do we think in this Loyola case that having this team lose before the finals is in the financial best interest of the NCAA? I believe it's certainly in the financial interests of the NCAA for that to happen. I question that. Brad, what's your thoughts quickly? Now that I had a chance to think it over during the break, I question it too. This Sister Jean story exactly. has gone global. And are you kidding me? Sister Jean versus like a Duke? I mean, how's that not one of the t- at least top-rated games as long as it's semi-competitive that we've seen in the NCAA tournament in the last 10, 15 years? And I've always heard when they give surveys... So wait, hold on a second. He just, just slam-dunked over you, and, <laughs> and, and you're just kind of shrugging. Like well, you had a lobotomy. No, I'll explain myself. No, go, but I don't even know. Are you, are you agreeing or are you, are you fighting di- back? I am fighting back. Please do. Whenever there's surveys, everyone says, like Brad, oh, David versus Goliath, I want to see that. I'm going to turn in to see that. But everything I read says the actual ratings say put two blue bloods together, and that's the game that gets the better ratings. Is Michigan a blue blood? Oh, yes, I think so. A a basketball blue blood? Oh, I think after what they did last year winning the Big Ten tournament, a recent blue blood. I mean, are you— A recent blue blood, RJ. We're not allowed drinking before the show. I think they picked— You think winning the Big Ten tournament last year makes a team a blue blood? Blue Bud perhaps is the wrong term, but so, they're, very po- they're a very popular team. Yeah, I mean, they're certainly, I mean, Brad, if we're entering the year, if we would have said, uh, and, and what I always say about popularity is go to an airport that doesn't have a team where everyone, you know, that, that, that don't go to Detroit and see if there's any Pistons jerseys. We get that. Come to Vegas, come to a place that's neutral and count the jerseys. All right. Any sport. In NFL, you're going to see Steelers, you're going to see Packers, etc. So under that theory, in college basketball right now, and understanding, obviously, Michigan's in the Final Four. So let's say before the season started, where's Michigan on the list of jersey spotting at McCarran Airport? 15th at best, I would say. I, I think that's probably a little generous, but they did win the Big Ten tournament. <laughs> oh, you still got the whole Fab Five history, RJ. No, I agree. So 25 years ago, the Fab Five, I, I think 15th is fair, but I agree with Brad. And what we're going to talk about when we come back for the second hour is I would make the case the Sister Jean might be the biggest non-basketball story, the biggest Cinderella story in the last 10 or 20 years. I think it's very possible we're going to debate that and look at Sunday's Elite Eight games when we come back. Right out of Vegas!
That's right. Hour number two, everything you need tonight from Vegas coming to you straight out of Vegas. I'm RJ Bell, and we've got a dream team of experts, Vegas experts, Brad Powers, a college specialist, Steve Fezzik, maybe the most famous batter of sports in the world. Great first hour. And guys, remember, you can always go to my Twitter, at RJ in Vegas, and get the podcast, or it's in the Fox Radio normal podcast channels, and they've got an upgraded weekend selection. So if you miss any of the weekend shows, you can check that out. And great first hour. Second hour, we're going to be focused on these Sunday Elite Eight games. We're going to handicap them for you, tell you what you need to know, help you decide if you want to bet them, or if you're just watching, well, you're going to watch with a lot more knowledge. First, though, here is my proposition. Loyola, Sister Jean, Cinderella, double-digit seed in the Final Four. I think the case can be made. This is the biggest Cinderella story. And when I say Cinderella story, here's what I mean. Who doesn't watch or does, based upon how appealing the matchups are, the Final Four? It's not the hardcore fan. Brad, is there any four teams that could be in the Final Four that you wouldn't watch it? No. You'd be watching. It doesn't matter. There's that core base of fans who are in February on a Tuesday night are watching college basketball. They're watching. Okay? Now, there's a next tier of fans that watch maybe eight or ten basketball games during the regular season. They're watching. So the difference in ratings, the difference in revenue, because the premise is, hey, Vegas isn't afraid to analyze these situations if we think there's a little chicanery going on. The question is, is the NCAA very motivated from a financial perspective to have Michigan win into the finals? And if so, would they maybe put some referees in the game that would favor Michigan? Not illicitly, not on purpose, just with those referees' propensities or natural propensities. Is that a motivation of the NCAA? Even if it is, we're not sure they do it. But if it is a clear motivation, it's possible they would do it. I'm saying I'm not sure it's a motivation because I think the people, that third tier, who are going to watch some Final Fours, or in this case championship games, or not, Others, so some they watch, some they don't. I think that type of fan is drawn in by one of two things. It's drawn in by the bluest of the blue bloods playing. Oh, it's Duke, North Carolina, right? Or it's drawn in by a story that breaks through past the sports sites, but breaks through into the nightly news, into the yahoo.com homepage. And my question is, starting with Brad, has there been such a story, a mainstream story with a Cinderella in the NCAA tournament in the last 10 years that's even competitive with Sister Jean? No, there isn't one. And that's even taking into consideration a Butler team that made the final, the championship game back-to-back years. Faz, agree, disagree? I agree, RJ. I love this storyline. This is reality TV at its finest. Who really cares about They Brad? only have to win two more games. And who really cares about Brad Stevens and Butler compared to Sister Jean? This is such a good story. You're right. So, Brad, we were debating, and what we love to do on the breaks is 
dive into the data and try to make the listeners, especially the ones, and we know we get feedback. We got so many listeners that listened for the whole two hours on Saturday, the whole hour on Friday. Remember, 11 o'clock Pacific on Friday, 10 o'clock Pacific on Sunday, two, or I'm sorry, on Saturday slash Sunday, two hours tonight, is you looked up some of the ratings and you've got a takeaway on what rates and what doesn't. Yeah, and to say that Loyola Chicago wouldn't rate high in the ratings, let's go to past history. What happened when you had a David versus Goliath? We had it in 2010, Duke versus Butler. And in the last 15 years, that was the second most watched college basketball national championship game. And believe it or not, Fez, let's talk Blue Bloods. Just two years later, Kentucky and Kansas played in a That's national That's as blue as game. you get. That's as blue as you get. Duke Butler had a 15% more viewers than Kansas and Kentucky just two years later. Now, Kansas and Kentucky, though, in the scheme of the, the couple years before and after, other than taking out the Butler game, was that one higher rated? That one, no, was about average compared to the other ones. Wow. That's an interesting study about what, what, who, who are those maybe I'll watch the game people. Right, because they're not many. It's like voting in elections, right? If you think about in elections, a vast majority of the time, you're gonna. I mean, Reagan had he won fifty or forty nine states in 1984 against Mondale. Only Minnesota, Mondale's home state, did Mondale win. But Reagan got less than sixty percent of the vote. So, like in the the biggest blowout in history, or one of the biggest. It's going to be, you know, 58, 59% compared to 40 some. So to me, what we're dealing with in politics, what we're dealing with with good ratings or bad ratings on TV is you've got that 90 plus percent core that's going to be there. Can you get that extra 10 or 20%? Super Bowl rating, same thing. Boy, it feels like Sister Jean at minimum. Now, if, if Michigan were somehow Duke, we could debate the bluest of the blue bloods, Duke. Or the Cinderella story, but Michigan, as we ascertain, about the fifteenth blue-blooded team uh, in, a, in obviously a small state in a you know around a small town, you know Detroit relative to other big cities. I, I just don't see it. You've alleviated my fears. I'm betting loyal on this game. Oh, so this moves you. That was the last thing keeping you off. And by the way, to give you guys the breaking line on that, we have Michigan favored right now, straight out of Vegas, by six over Sister Jean and Loyola. And I'm going to agree. Lean right now, Loyola Chicago plus the six. Guys, next Friday night, we'll be breaking this baby down deep, deep, deep. And on our dream preview... And we did three hours of a dream preview when it was the first week of the tournament. We did two hours into the Sweet 16. We'll probably do two. We're going to talk a little NFL, and we're going to talk a little Tiger Woods on this. That gets released on Wednesday, early, early in the a.m. You can go to my Twitter, at RJ in Vegas, or you can just go to any of your podcast players, search for RJ Bell, subscribe. You get the dream preview. You get our interviews. And by the way, we interviewed Oscar Goodman recently, mayor and of Las Vegas and mob lawyer. Great interview, I thought. And we do a don't bet on it on Friday, which we take the hottest takes and we took this week, we had Colin Cowherd, we had a little bit of Clay Travis, 
and we look at the hot takes and we uh, we grade them from a Las Vegas perspective. And I'll be candid, there's some failing grades occasionally. <laughs> there are no sacred cows. There are no sacred cows. That is the truth. This is Straight Out of Vegas from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. All right, guys, let's get to the Saturday action, or I'm sorry, Sunday action, the rest of the Elite Eight. We got Villanova favored by six and a half over Texas Tech. First, let's just go number one thought in this game, Brad. Number one thought for me is I'm a little worried with Villanova. Even though I'm leaning with Villanova in this game, here's digging up with Villanova. Villanova hasn't has got an elite offense, but Villanova hasn't faced a lot of elite defenses, and Texas Tech has an elite defense. Current defensive efficiency ratings for Texas Tech, number three in the country. Here's what I did find. Going through Villanova's schedule, only two top 40 defenses are in the Big East Villanova's conference. How did Villanova do against those two teams, Providence and St. John's? 0-4 against the spread. Two straight-up losses as big favorites against everyone else. On their schedule, Villanova's 31-2 and straight-up. 25 and 8 against the spread. Villanova has struggled against elite defenses. And how many of those games were there against elite defenses? Only four in the Big East Conference. But are you not counting any out of conference games? Well, I'm count I'm not counting West Virginia, and here's why. West Virginia Because it doesn't fit your narrative? <laughs> it doesn't fit my narrative. <laughs> but here's why, because of West Virginia's quirky style of defense actually played into Villanova's offensive hands. And that's why Villanova pulled away in the game. Because of their press. Okay. So what we're saying is this, is against elite defenses, and this is an objective statistical measure, they are 0-4 against the spread? Yep, Villanova. And this was in conference. What were they straight up in those games? 2-2. Okay. And then we're saying, West Virginia, if you look at the stats, they've got an elite defense, but it's quirky, and Villanova was really suited, and we talked about it right here. They were really suited to go against that uh, that type of defense, and they excelled, obviously. Fez, first thoughts on the game. Well, I think that's a great point that Brad makes, but I still lean to Villanova. Frankly, this is clear-cut best team in the country, RJ, playing in a favorable venue in Boston. They're going to have the home court advantage. Given that, I can't see how Texas Tech can stay with them. So this is a reoccurring theme. Home court advantage, oftentimes it's a hidden home court advantage, as in these are ostensibly neutral sites, but sometimes, if it's geographic proximity, if it's whatever reason, and there's a real science to this stuff, is some teams have an advantage. We'll be talking about that in the Kansas game next. Explain to me, though, 20 seconds, why Villanova has an advantage here. It's in Boston. Is it just geographic? It's geographic. It's a lesser travel. It's an expectation. They knew they were going to be here, RJ. Texas Tech is already... They've somewhat overachieved. They could lose this game by 30, go home, be a little bit disappointed. Oh, hold on, hold on. See, I always give him just enough rope to hang himself. So what you're saying is we, we're not sure Texas Tech's going to be up for this game? Oh, they'll be up for it. So what are you talking about? They could lose this game. So what are you saying when you say that? When Texas Tech made the Elite at 8, I think there was a celebratory mood, whereas when Villanova made the Elite 8, it was expected. Ah, but you didn't say that. I should have said it that way. I think you're right. <laughs> Coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. All right, 
let's do this. I want to dig a little bit deeper into this Villanova game. We've got the first level so far. And when we come back, we're going to be going further with Villanova, favored by six and a half here, and also right into Duke versus Kansas. Straight out of Vegas, R.J. Bell. Action-packed. We got two wise guys for the price of one. Brad Powers, Steve Fezzik. We're wrapping up the first of Sunday's Elite Eight matchups. Villanova, Texas Tech. In three minutes, Duke, Kansas. Best bet in that game. You're going to get it early, usually at the end of the show. First, First, though, Brad, give me the one last topic on this Villanova, Texas Tech Villanova is favored by six and a half. I think, you know what I'd like to hear? I'd like to hear about Texas Tech and the injuries this year because some of the wise guys I've talked to, they believe this team has been fundamentally Texas Tech underrated because of some midseason injuries. And I agree, Texas Tech is underrated, but you got to go back to about six weeks ago, middle of February. Texas Tech is in the top five of the country. Texas Tech is going to finally end Kansas's stranglehold on the Big 12 regular season crown. What happens to Texas Tech? Their best player, Texas Tech's best player, Keenan Evans, gets hurt. Misses a game far less than 100% for three other games. Texas Tech loses four straight games in a row. Falls out of complete favor with the betting markets, the national media, everyone. Keenan Evans now much healthier. Texas Tech now has won five of the last six games. Here's a team that's seated at number three, and had they not gotten a key injury to Keenan Evans, might have made number two seed, maybe even possibly number one seed. Okay, so very tangible reasons Tech a little underrated. So looking at this Villanova game tomorrow, by the way, this is the first game, 11-20 Pacific, 2-20 Eastern tomorrow. Villanova favored by six and a half, leaner like. I do lean with Villanova minus the points here. So even though Tech's underrated at a fundamental level, what's the what's the factor that gets you leaning Villanova? Villanova's offense historically good, second best offense in the last seventeen years, and that's not account. So you're saying you think Villanova's underrated? Yeah, I think they are underrated, Villanova. And I think Villanova's underrated because very similar to Texas Tech, they've had injuries back in February. They were down two starters. There was no rush to get these guys back. They were pretty much locked into the number one seed. They kind of coasted through February, so their stats are not as good as the team is currently. And when you say they, 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 you mean Villanova. Yes. Okay. Now, right now, is Villanova the best team in the country? Yes, without so they're favored over anybody, even Duke by at least a point and a half in my current power ratings. Villanova the best team, and but we think Villanova is actually underrated, even as the best team. The best team can be underrated. The worst team can be overrated. Absolutely, and Villanova, despite being in the top five of the poll all year long against the spread, twenty five and twelve, one of the best teams against the spread in the entire country. Straight out of Vegas, brought to you by Granger. The products and services you need when you need them. Granger's got your back to help keep your facility running. Granger for the ones who get it done. Next game, and this is your best bet, Brad. Duke, Kansas. Duke, the two seed. Kansas, the one. Vegas says, ah, you're wrong, committee. <laughs> Duke's favored by three. And I'm going with Duke with my best bet here. Duke minus three. And 
you can't get a bigger disparity on a relatively short spread between two blue blood programs than this. Duke's advantage in the rebounding department, specifically Duke's offensive rebounding, number one in the country. Kansas's defensive rebounding, number 295 out of 351 teams. So if we go what the season stats say, Duke's going to get a lot of second-chance opportunities in this game. And if that's the case, then I think Duke pulls away, specifically a hot-shooting Duke team. So you've got a best bet. You're taking off the rubber band. Taking off the rubber band. That's what's important to remember is why does Vegas get the respect it does? And it does. Is I remember, I don't want to mention any names, but I was at a pretty fairly, there's a couple coaches I know in college and fairly prominent coach was getting married and I was there and there was like three or four like of the biggest head coaches, you know, biggest names in the country. And I was there and someone introduced me and said, I'm a Vegas guy. I mean, this has been 10 years ago. I had no profile, let's say nationally. And they talked to me like for 20 minutes. Like, how, why does the line move here? Why? It was like people are so, even these, you know, obviously biggest names in coaching, fascinated by Vegas. Now, why is that? It's because if Vegas disagrees with you, we will bet you we're right and that's what makes Brad's opinion here different. When he tells you he likes Duke, it means he's taking off the rubber band. What are you doing? Wise guy don't carry his money in a wallet. Hey, wise guy carries money in a roll. Best bad Duke. What do you think, Mr. Fezzik? Well, last night I talked about Kansas plus three and a half. I thought that might have some value from a pure power rating perspective with a home court advantage in Omaha. However, Brad's point. So this is another example one topic at a time. This is another example where you think there's a hidden home court. Right. And let's think about this. I've got a hidden home court for Kansas. I think that's worth a point and a half. So let's explain, in Omaha. Let, let's explain why. Is it, is it, again, just the geographic proximity? Is it just it's easier for Kansas fans to travel? I think that that's the majority of it, yes. And what's, what else? That they've been home the past three weeks. The familiarity, basically every game Kansas has played has been in front of a similar crowd the past three weeks. All right, so that's not so much a home court advantage in this game, but you're saying the stress and the strain, the wear and the tear from all the traveling, all of the unfamiliar venues, all the things that make this tournament, the NCAA tournament, a grind, you're saying Kansas has avoided a significant percentage of those, that grind, that detriment, because of the the geographic proximity of their scheduling in the Big 12 tournament, right? In the first weekend of NCAA action and in the second weekend of NCAA action. Yes, they've had a dream draw with almost no travel and a similar comparable home court each and every game. Okay. This is straight out of Vegas. I'm RJ Bell. We're talking with Steve Fezzik. We're talking to Brad Powers. And we're powered by pregame.com. Now, home court advantage, Kansas, is it built into this number, do you think? Because we talked about it last night. We in Vegas have to be correct, but we also have to be contrary. Meaning if everyone agrees, you can't make money with an opinion that's correct that everyone agrees with. Do you think this number, this Duke favored by three over Kansas, accounts for the home court advantage you see Kansas having? I think it's giving... 
KU about a half point of home court. I think Duke is three and a half points approximately better than Kansas. So all things equal, no other factor, just how good these teams are. And let's say a computer played 10,000 times. You think Duke is three and a half points better? I do. Where would you put that? That exact same kind of simulation, Brad, what would you think? I'd have Duke four. Okay, so somewhere in that range. And Fez, you're saying, hey, it's only three now, so it's a sign of a half a point or a point of the home court being acknowledged. That's correct, but there is another key factor. Well, okay, we'll get there, but we'll finish the home court first. Is when So right now, you believe the home court for Kansas is worth what? One and a half. All right, so if it's a half a point that's been adjusted, then there's a point of value or maybe a half a point of value. So you're saying you're seeing some value on Kansas because of the home court not being fully accounted for. What's the second reason you like Kansas? Well, the second reason I dislike Kansas. All right, so another factor that takes you away from that value. The coaching edge, RJ. Going back to the Elite Eight, Coach K has been a monster good straight-up coach to get to the Final Four, and Bill Self of Kansas has been a disaster. Brad, you want to talk about that? Yeah, and history. Coach K, 12-2 and straight up in the Elite Eight. That's remarkable. On the other side of things, Bill Self for Kansas, 2-7 and straight up in the Elite Eight. Even worse, against the spread, 1-8 and against the number. Okay, so in the Sweet 16, what is Bill Self's numbers? Bill Self's numbers, 10-3 and straight up and 9-4 and against the spread. Boy, you guys are square. Woo, dog, square, square, square. Now, this sounds no more savvy than a little old lady watching the roulette wheel, and it's like, what are you doing, Aunt Millie? It's like, well... I think I'm waiting for it to be five reds, and then I'm going to bet red. It's like, huh. Faz, what are you going to say to her, Aunt Millie? It's too small a sample size. Okay. So what is different between – so the sweets – I could get it if it was a different I, – I, I start to see some logic if it's actually a different weekend. Because each weekend has its own feel, right? Or if you prove to me self is worse in the second game of a weekend, but you'd have to do that because he does have a national title, which is a second game of a weekend. You're going to have to show that to me in all three weekends. But otherwise, unless self is worse, clearly, objectively, in the second game of a weekend, I don't see the difference between the Sweet 16 and Elite 8 where we just don't blend those stats. In the first game of the weekend, Bill Self, and these are straight up, 27-5 and five straight up in the NCAA tournament. Second game of the weekend, 15-11 and 11 straight ah, up. That's so crappy. you got to take <laughs> all the first round out of that, though. Okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they, they're playing 15-16 and 16 seeds. <laughs> all right. Right? Yeah. So do that on the break, right? We're going to have, in just a minute or two, we're going to do a news break. But when we're doing that, pull out, pull out those first round games. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. Last thing, Fez, you're starting to see my point on blending that, don't you? Uh, I, I think we may well be data mining here. Yes. Yeah, I, I think you're like Aunt Millie looking at the Reds on roulette. And, you know, my first take, RJ, was that the number three Kansas team is home against the number two Duke, Duke team. How can they be getting three or more points? In a minute or two, we're going to finish this Duke, Kansas handicap. But first, let's go to Ralph Irvin with the latest. 
Well, thank you very much, gentlemen. And, of course, the NCAA tournament, the big story, as number three seed in the West Michigan advanced to the Final Four with a 58-54 win over Florida State. The Wolverines have won nine straight games. They'll take that winning streak to San Antonio, where they will take on the South champion, Loyola of Chicago. The 11th seed was a 78-62 winner over Kansas State for Loyola. Their first Final Four trip since 1963. Online car shopping can be confusing, not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience in the NBA. Steph Curry has a strained MRI. He'll be evaluated in three weeks. Kyrie Irving had surgery on his left knee, removing a tension wire. He's out three to six weeks for the Boston Celtics on the court. Houston won their eighth straight, beating New Orleans 114-91. The Lakers 100-93 over Memphis. Orlando took out Phoenix 105-99. And guys, Philadelphia won their sixth straight, beating Minnesota 120-108. Ben Simmons recorded his 10th triple-double of the season. And in the postgame, he said, yeah, he thinks that's enough to be named Rookie of the Year. Why not? He's currently at minus 650. He had started the season at 1-3. and three. Thank you, Ralph. I just love it. I, I'm like a proud papa with Ralph and all the gambling stuff. Now, some people might try to tell me he used to do it. I'm, I don't believe it. Show me the tape once again. All right, Brad, I see you squinting. Do you have, like, bifocals? You're only, like, 34. Like, when you, when you, are in, when you have a losing proposition... You squint a lot. I don't. I mean, you probably don't know that, but you no, did. I did not know that. Yeah, it's like you're you're trying to somehow will the numbers to be different. All right, taking out his incredible Bill Self's first round record, where he is sixteen and two in the first round, ten and three in the first game of the weekend, taking out first round games, fifteen and eleven in the second game of the weekend. All right, so say that one more time. Bill Self diff disparity. First game of the weekend in the NCAA tournament, taking out those first round gimmies when Kansas is playing. Got it, got it, got it. 10 and 3, straight up. Second game of the weekend, the NCAA tournament, 15 and 11. So he's still 10 and 3. Still 10 and 3. In the first of the weekend. Okay, now we've got something here then, right? Because I didn't think just splitting up the Sweet 16 and Elite 8 made a lot of sense. But there is night and day difference between the five or so days of prep that we get uh, or teams get when it's the first game of the weekend and then the 48-hour turnaround on the second game of the weekend. So we're saying that this is a a reoccurring trend, not just in this second weekend for Bill Self. It is. All right, Fez. So recapping here, Brad Powers with his best bet, and he's back. Listen, I came at him hard. And he delivered. Check out the big brain on Brad. Are you staying with Cam? Where are you at? Just a lean or what? I am neutral. Reasons to bet both teams, other investment opportunities out there. I'll pass. All right. And that's true. And guys, this is the best piece of advice I can give you is there's only two games. If you're betting for fun, who cares? All right. We get it. Give it to Vegas. We don't mind. But I don't bookmake, so I do mind. I'd rather you come out here and, you know, if you're going to give it away, play some video poker machines or something. <laughs> you know, maybe they'll improve the buffet off those winnings or lower taxes or something. But we're here to try to help you where 
even if you don't want to put all the effort into bet like a pro, you can bet 50% like a pro with some simple things. And one of those things, no doubt about it, one of those things is not betting every game, especially during these big TV games, because the line is not always wrong. And if the line isn't wrong, it's not a profitable bet in the long run. If you have to bet, bet pizza money. Whatever it is you bet on games you really like, bet like one-tenth of it. So you got something on it, but hey, you know, let's say a better's a normal $100 better, bet 10 bucks on it. That way you still have a rooting interest, but it won't affect your results nearly as much. All right, we're going to shift gears. And like we said, next week, all Final Four talk Friday night, 11 o'clock Pacific right here, straight out of Vegas. And on Saturday night also. Let's talk a little NBA. And one of the things we like to do is look at hot takes and dash them with cold, hard cash. Splash them with cold, hard cash. We've got Skip Bayless talking about the Cleveland Cavaliers. Now, usually I'll play the sound and then give the odds. I'm going to reverse it this time. Fezzik, you follow the NBA as closely as anyone. You're an NFL specialist, two-time Super Contest champion, but you also super elite in the NBA, an originator in the NBA. Right now, the Windy East, what are the odds for Toronto? What are the odds for Cleveland? Toronto is favored. They're actually minus $1.25 to win the East. So they've actually, you've got to bet 125 to win 100 on Toronto to win the East and stop LeBron's streak? Correct. And Cleveland, despite all that success, they are a two to one underdog. Bet one dollar, you'll win two dollars. Cleveland to win the East. So if you have a hundred bucks, bet on the Cavs, they make the finals, you make two hundred. You have a hundred bucks, bet on Toronto, you're making like eighty. Yes. Okay. Now let's hear Skip Bayless from this week talking about the East. I am here to declare the Eastern Conference is over. No. It's over. It's a cakewalk. And just stop it with Toronto. Just get them out of my sight. Toronto, right on schedule, is turning back into Toronto. They just shrink the sight of LeBron. Well, do they not? No. Do they not? No. DeMar DeRozan can score all the regular season points he wants, and then all of a sudden here comes LeBron, and he she shrinks. He gets those little dinosaur arms, right? They start, yeah, get a little T-Rex. Kyle Lowry, all of a sudden he goes 0 for 16 from 3. You know, like, you know it's coming. They don't have any competition. LeBron James is about to play in his eighth straight NBA Finals. Okay. (laughs) Now, listen, Skip, part of the Fox family, we appreciate him. And I'll be honest with you. I don't know Skip personally, but the people I know who know Skip, almost to a man, I think to a man, I can't remember any exceptions, speak highly of him. His work, his intelligence. Skip sometimes, though, gets a little ahead of himself, I think at least from a Vegas perspective. He's screaming about a plus 200 dog being a lock. So on our Don't Bet On It podcast, and we talked about that, where we take sound like this every week and break it down from a Vegas perspective, and that's in our podcast feed. Just search for RJ Bell on any of your podcast feeds uh, or players. Or follow me on Twitter at RJ in Vegas. And I put a challenge out. I said, Skip, I'll give you even money on the Cavs. Right? He's saying it's a lock. I'll give you even money. 
and we'll bet 5000 for charity. Meaning he picks his charity, I'll pick mine, and he can have the Cavs at even money if he thinks they're a lock. I haven't heard from Skip yet, but... That said, I, I you know I'm not the type to harass on Twitter, so you might not have heard. Maybe you'll hear now. It's time for us to start researching what charity we want to give the five thousand dollars. That's well, listen, let's be candid. It's not like LeBron can't make the finals, but if I'm able to bet it even money, this is how you make a living at this stuff. If you can bet it even money, what the Vegas markets are saying is plus two hundred, uh, or I'm sorry, if I can book it even money, I guess in this case. Uh, instead of having to play pay plus two hundred, I'm only paying even money because I'm betting against Cleveland in this case. In the long run, we're going to do fine. Absolutely, and really, what's happening here? If these two teams had played without their uniforms on all year long, Toronto would be a minus six hundred type favorite. They'd be the clear cut dominant team. We're factoring in Vegas is the fact that Cleveland has been so much better in the playoffs, but even giving them a huge bump. Going into the playoffs in terms of performance, Toronto still should be favored. But that said, I think if these were teams without uniforms where there was no past, I think Toronto would be a much bigger favorite. Built into even this number, Toronto minus money to win the East, the Cavs plus 200, a dollar wins you $2 to win the East. Built into that is significant consideration. LeBron's LeBron. He has a higher ceiling than the regular season, and the Toronto has fallen short in the playoffs. I think it's built in here. If this if this was just two random teams, I think Toronto would be minus three minus two fifty right now in the East. Oh, even even higher because statistically they're every bit as good as Golden State this year. Their performance year to date. Coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Okay, we got one more piece of sound staying in the NBA, and this is Max Kellerman talking about who should be favored, Golden State or Houston. Now, this was even before the Curry injury, so... We're going to have to add that to the mix. This is from this week on First Take, talking about Houston, Golden State, who should be favored in the West. The Rockets should be favored right now to win the whole thing. Stephen A., they got the MVP, James Harden. What are you talking about? Harden has been amazing this year. So has Chris Paul. So has Mike D'Antoni. And in fact, the Rockets have a big four like the Warriors. They're not as good as the Warriors in terms of how top-heavy they are, but they do have a four that really goes undiscussed. And I come back again and again to this fact. They have lost one game when healthy this season. One. Think about that for a second. When we've seen the Warriors just have the greatest regular season ever, or the Bulls have at that point the greatest regular season ever, 73 and 72 wins respectively, 9 and 10 losses respectively, you're asking the Warriors to beat that team that has basically not lost all year when healthy. Four out of seven games. They've lost one out of, what, 35, 36? Now you want them to lose four out of seven? It's simply less likely to happen than it is likely to happen. All right, we've got Max's take. When we come back, we're going to give you the Vegas take and add in the Steph Curry injury factor. Back in a few.
It's straight out of Vegas, R.J. Bell, with the two wise guys, Brad Powers, Steve Fezzik, Steve Cofield. Little vacation. What a time of year. Well, listen, we didn't need the square chair tonight. He'll be back next week. All right, Fez, specialist in the NBA, an originator. We heard Max Kellerman say he thought Houston should be favored over Golden State. Now, before the Steph Curry injury, what were the Vegas market odds? So Golden State was favored to win against the field in the West at about minus 160. All right, so minus 160 against the other seven playoff teams. Yes. Okay, and against Houston, if those two met in the conference finals, your guess, now Houston very, very, very likely would have home court. What would the series price be? That Golden State would be around minus 150, Houston plus 130. All right, so Vegas market says pre-Curry injury, <laughs> Max Kellerman, wrong. Vegas, or, and hey, Max, come out and bat us if you want. Is what Vegas is saying. Not me. Not me. Just Vegas. Now, Steve Fezzik, you don't always agree with Vegas. If you did, you couldn't make any money. What do you think the odds should be? Houston Golden. Well, first, though, the Curry factor. How would you quantify this injury and its effect on the market? Vegas believes it's just a minor adjustment. They still have Golden State favored, not by as much, but still as a significant favorite. Minus 130 against so the So from field. minus 140 to minus 130, it only moved a dime. Yeah, very small adjustment. And to me, it makes sense. Golden State's locked in the two, right? Is that fair to say? Very so, much so. So the only thing that I think is worth the dime move, the downgrade, is this could be a sign he's going to just keep getting injured because injuries do tend to compound. Other than that, though, if he's back healthy in the time frame they're talking, Curry, Golden State's really not affected. Correct. Now... Quickly, what is the Steve Fezzik opinion about the West? Houston's going to win the West. And the reason is... is that well, first off, we don't do it like that. What do you think the odds should be? Because, yeah, give, hey, give me plus 800 on Golden State. Houston, you just said Houston's going to win the West. Houston should be the favorite to win the West. Okay, so a small favorite. Small favorite. And make your case. What is everyone else missing? What everyone else is missing is they're assuming all these injured guys for Golden State, Curry, Thompson, he's got a broken thumb. Durant, Ribs, uh, and, and Green is hurt as well. That they're all going to come back at close to 100%. One of these guys, RJ, is not going to be 100%. And by the end of the playoffs, harder playoff run, they're the number two seed. By the finals, this team won't be as good. By the finals, you mean conference finals. By the conference finals, Golden State, I think, will have another significant injury that will tip. So the market says Golden State's favored to win the West. Fezzik says, no, no, I think Houston should be favored. You got to get to Hooters and try the new smoked wings. It's a whole new way to crave wings. And with all the taste and half, 50% the calories, you can eat twice as many Hooters. All right, Brad, we're almost done. Now, for those who haven't heard all the handicaps, we put out the podcast. You can just follow me on Twitter. His Twitter handle is at RJ in Vegas. We'll be putting that out tomorrow. But quickly, let's go down each game, about 10, 15 seconds a game. Give us your opinion. Tomorrow, Villanova favored by six, Texas Tech. Villanova minus six. While I think Texas Tech is underrated, believe it or not, I think the number one team in the country right now, Villanova, also underrated. Why? A historically great offense for Villanova that's peaking at the right time of the year. Lean Villanova. All right, we've got Kansas. This is the game tomorrow. The second game, the big game. Kansas, number one seed. Duke, number two. 
Duke, though, favored by three. Best bet, Duke minus three. Better coach, better defense, significant rebounding advantage. Duke, number one in the country in offensive rebounding. Kansas, number 295 in defensive rebounding. Best bet, Duke minus three. Guys, what a show. I mean, this was a handicapper's delight. We'll be back next Friday, 11 o'clock Pacific, and we're going to spend an hour coast-to-coast, 300-plus Fox Station, Series 83, breaking down the Final Four. And this week we talked about the Dream Preview. Just search R.J. Bell on any podcast player. We're going to do about a two-hour deep dive on this Final Four. Very excited. If you want to follow Fezzik, at Fezzik Sports, F-E-Z-Z-I-K. Brad Powers, at Brad Powers 7. I'm at RJ in Vegas. We're back next week. Up next, the one, the only, Mr. Jonas Knox. Straight out of Vegas! At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.